0: Hi there, Kira Pokey here, your host for the Joy is True Beauty podcast. Thank you so much for stopping by my little corner of the internet today. If you're visiting for the first time, welcome. Joy is True Beauty is a podcast that shares the stories of individuals, communities, and organizations that bring joy into the world and therefore make it a more beautiful place, something we can all work on doing together. This week, I'm joined by a dear friend, Angela Diaco, Who took an incredible journey last year, and on the way found Joy, a little bit more of herself, and discovered amazing things. Let's jump right into the story. Hi everyone, Kira here from Joy is True Beauty, and I'm here with my dear friend, Angela Diaco, who is a marketing consultant and expert. She's also a philosophy instructor and overall wonderful human, and she is here to tell us about an incredible journey that she took over the last year. Angela, thank you so much for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So before we jump into questions about the journey, can you tell everybody what exactly it was that you did and a little bit of background about how it came to be?
1: Yeah. um, Oh my goodness. So I, uh, in August of 2020, I car camped across the United States. Uh, I drove from Boston, Massachusetts to uh, my most Eastern word destination which was uh lake tahoe california and drove back uh, and i was on the road for about three months and that was majority of the time i was camping out in either uh national parks state parks across the country That's um awesome. and there were yeah yeah there were there were some times when i got you know completely desperate and had a little bit of a you know pandemic, you know, mind crisis of like, I need a shower and I, you know, take a calculated risk about getting (laughs) a hotel room. But, um, yeah, for the most part, I was out, out in the woods for a very long time over the summer.
0: So how did, how did that come to pass? What made you decide to make that leap?
1: Um, well, I I mean, first of all, I I do want to acknowledge just the, I feel very privileged to have gone on this journey and and even to be telling this story right now. I know that I was afforded, I was very lucky to be afforded a choice to go on this trip. And it was, you know, a minor miracle in and of itself that it even happened. Um, And yeah, it, uh, well, it's been hard for me to talk about because I know, you know, like traveling during COVID has been, you know, pretty much a a no, no. And I, I, well you know let me let me tell you a little bit about how it um how it it came about so it I, I chalk it up to a mounting internal crisis uh, where um you can imagine you know everyone you know the pandemic sits in and like about March of 2020 and everyone just starts feeling you know trapped and you know for me it was I, feeling trapped like not just by the virus and 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 the east Coast were very locked down at that time and you know throughout that time but I really felt, Um trapped in the life I had built um, for myself and realizing that I did that very unconsciously. Um, So a little bit about, you know, my life before all this happened, I'm normally very on the go. My day usually starts around 6 a.m. and I'm out the door. Uh, I would go to work, like a normal nine to five job, and then um come back uh and teach uh philosophy classes at a nonprofit philosophy school until like nine or 10 o'clock at night. Um, and you can imagine like work life, stressful, um, volunteering, um, all of that just sort of all went online all at once. And, um, you know, I was living in a, a city that was pretty, had a pretty high case rate, um, with two roommates, uh, and, uh, my father actually is a, is a physician. So he, um, you know, was exposed to actually exposed to COVID pretty early on. Um, luckily didn't he didn't get that. it. Crazy. Yeah. No, he um he had was someone talking to him in the hospital. You know, this is before everyone's, you know, like full protective gear, mm-hmm. um, ends up dying of COVID. And he um oh my
0: God.
1: Yeah, it was it was bad. And he, but you know, he he didn't end up getting it. And so it was just like this crazy, you know, this is the intro to like COVID for my family, is like, oh goodness. So, um, but so I couldn't go home. I actually couldn't see my family because my, you know, I didn't want to expose my roommates. Um, but I had this sort of like very miraculous sort of opportunity open up where, um, you know, my family has a, uh, a vacation house in New Hampshire where I sort of said, you know, like, I'm going crazy. I really need to just like get away for a little bit. And I, I went up there. Um, and it was the first time in my adult life that I had been alone for more than a few days. Oh, like, really? Myself. And it to just self self-reflect. Yeah. And it, it was just crazy when I got, when I, you know, at that point when I was there, because I'm like, Oh my God, I, in my entire life, I haven't. And I, I felt like a completely different person. Like I, I felt like I could hear my own, um, internal voice, like a a more, you know, like (laughs) people were like, Oh my God. And then you started hearing the voices out in the woods, like you're a crazy person. But, um, (laughs) but it wasn't so much that as it was more of like, my, like who I authentically was, was actually just coming to me for the first time. And, you know, I, that's at the time, wonderful. Yeah. And it, uh, you know, at the time I was, I was 30. I mean, I, I turned 31 while I was on the trip, but, um, yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness, how could I have ignored this part of me for all of this time? Um, and also just being, you know, out in, in nature. I mean, I think everyone had this experience in 2020 when they they hopefully like found that just even like the quiet, just solace of like your, your plants, you know, like being around something that, you know, we are ultimately a part of and, and Mm -hmm. to honor that and, and to feel how healing it is to even just be around, like, even if it's a, a patch of grass, like it's, it's very calming and, um, and the silence of it just sort of I mean, it was very accepting It the, you know, nature doesn't ask us to be anything other than ourselves. It accepts everyone um, just by nature of its, of its being. Um, so, yeah, so I'm, I'm, you know, up there and then the, you know, the crisis keeps building in a sense where, um, you know, I felt this complete, you know, what really I was doing was like grasping for any kind of control I, I could have. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, we, we suffered a round of layoffs, a round of layoffs at the company I was working at, which was, you know, all things considered I was so grateful to have a job but it was like you know watching people go through this crisis themselves is just very like like and feeling like you can't help and you can't do anything about it was was tough but then but then George Floyd is killed and I'm just so like incensed by that that like I was so angry that uh, there was such blatant disregard for human life and for people of different skin color in our own country and it it really exposed my own ignorance, a lot of my own ignorances, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm white. My, I mean, granted, my father is, um, is of Italian descent. He came over here, but uh, you know, we live a very privileged life, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, it exposed all of these ignorances I had about, you know, my own privilege. You know, what's going on in this country, and my like own naivete that, you know, oh yeah, everyone wants what's something better for for everyone else, and I. It made me think of you know like what am what am I doing? What am I doing for my fellow man? And I, I mean, it really reinforced the the mission of the philosophy school that I teach at. That um, it, one of their core sort of mission statements is to create a universal fraternity that honors and dignifies that which is human in each of us, um, it's and is dedicated. Yeah, and is is dedicated to highlighting what is, you know, what is unique and, and special about each person while still um, respecting the inherent dignity of the human being and the inherent, um, you know, transcendence of of the human being. And, but but at the same time, it felt, you know, all of a sudden my teaching just felt very ineffective because it's like, you know, of my own, because of my ignorance and because of everything that's happening, I felt just so woefully unprepared mm. to to talk about these things. And I'm you know i'm realizing like we're at a turning point in history and like what you know what does that mean for me in this this life that i built um and then i mean sort of the the straw that broke the the camel's back i mean just aside from not feeling like i belonged in my own life uh was uh we had a close family friend uh pass away um and not not because of of COVID, but actually because they were so, um, afraid and so, um, stressed about the, the situation that the mm-hmm. the virus had created, just like, you know, like worried about losing his job and, and supporting his family and, you know, all these coping, you know, trying to find a way to cope. And he had just expectedly died. Um, oh, I'm so sorry. I don't know. I just kind of thought like, wow, like you know there really are no guarantees like if i really did die mm-hmm. tomorrow like what would i have accomplished living this this life that just felt like like almost like a like a like a skin that you needed to shed um like i think of like a snake like when a snake mm-hmm. sheds its skin if it doesn't shed its skin it actually dies that like when you're I don't not know that actually yeah and it's 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 um we talk about it a lot in the in some of the classes that I teach because the symbolism of the snake is so universal for wisdom. And it's because of that metaphor of the shedding of Mm. the skin that you need to constantly be. And, you know, snakes like shed their skin like four to 12 times a year. So it's like this idea of you're in a state of constant renewal. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. And so like you're, and it's just, you know, at the end of the day, like it's just your outside covering it's, you know, like what your job is and your clothes and what kind of apartment you live in, or maybe, you know, it's all those things that are outside coverings. They're an expression of what's within you, but it's, it's something that you you can't be attached to because at the end of the day, like we're always, you know, we're constantly changing. Like life mm-hmm. is constantly asking us to change. And, you know, even beyond the outside things, like even your own identity, like that changes so much throughout, um, throughout your life. So I, I just kind of am like, all this is happening. And I hear this, almost like this, it's not like a voice or anything, but this idea, which is like, just just to leave. And it's like, like jump, like jump out of this world and like out of your life here. And uh, I, I don't know, like out into like the void. I mean, that's what I kept saying is I'm jumping out into the void, but it was more of an idea because I thought you know, if I had, if I died tomorrow, what, what would I, you know, have wanted to have done? And one was, you know, to travel to, you know, see the country, you know, we live in such a, a huge country that has so many different people and from different backgrounds and, and all these amazing stories. And I thought, you know, I've only ever seen this, you know, teeny other than, you know, like a weekend vacation here or there, like this teeny little part of it. Um, And it was just an idea and then it just kind of kept gaining momentum. Like, and and at the time we didn't know much about the virus itself. So we, you know, we're finding out, Oh, okay. Masks are really effective. Oh, okay. You know, I'm starting to wear like, you know, gloves to the supermarket Mm -hmm. and, you know, not really going anywhere that isn't just outdoors because then we're finding out like, Oh, if you're outdoors and six feet apart, you're, you know, it stops or it doesn't stop, but it, you know, lessens the spread. And that being outside is actually one of the safest places you could be. So I'm thinking, you know, like being outside is the safest thing you can be. Don't leave your house. And I'm like, <laughs> like what do I do here? So, and oh God, it just, it just got to a point where I, I felt like, no, this is the, the window is open and I need to to take it um, to leave. And It's, it's strange because at the, you know, even at the time too, in my classes, we're talking about the hero's journey that, you know, this, this idea of every person, every single person is on a hero's journey that is their own life Mm -hmm. and you're constantly journeying through the different phases of it. Um, and the first is, you know, the call, like you hear this call, it's like, like a, like a phone call, like phone, a friend from the universe is like, Hey, like you need to leave and you need to go on this quest. And, um, The idea too also is if you don't heed the call, if you don't take the leap that you need to at that time, and it it can come, you know, for me, it was this, for some people it's, you know, they have this, you know, they suffer a death in the family or Mm -hmm. they find out, you know, they have cancer or some, some kind of crisis happens in their life. And it's, it's almost as if, you know, like the hammer has come down and it's like, you, you have to choose to do something different and to you know, almost even like shed your skin to, to almost like redefine who you are and take a new, um, a new path, even if it's internal. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I, I, yeah, I just kind of, oh God, I just thought, you know, if I never get to know myself out of the teeny tiny box, I put myself in, I will, I'll never, you know, I'll die with regrets. And I just, I don't know. It just felt like the right time. And I, you had to do it. I had to do it. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, um, so I got, a, a rental car that I stocked with <laughs> three months worth of hand sanitizer, um, gloves. I did not touch a gas pump once throughout the entire United States, <laughs> like doing this and just a bunch of camping gear and, you know enough clothing to get me through for a season and packed up my apartment sold all my stuff and just you know I hit the road um what was that what was that
0: process like of going through your apartment and deciding like what to let go of and were the, was there anything that you held on to for sentimental sake or was it just like a total purge of everything <laughs>
1: And it was a little bit of both. I mean, it it was, well, it was interesting because during the course of the, the time that this was happening, both of my roommates moved out. So I was oh, now wow. also like selling some of their like furniture. Um, and I, you know, I kept most of my books. I kept, um, you know, like more like the sentimental items, like, um, like gifts that people got me. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, uh, all these journals that I had built up over the years and I, but yeah, it, it really was, it was the process itself was a lesson in letting go because at one point I'm talking to my, my little brother helped me a lot. Oh my gosh, this boy is a saint. Uh, and his, the biggest lesson that came out was, you know, sometimes you need to let go of things before you're ready Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because I loved, the apartment I was in and I, you know, I I almost even had it all to myself because my my roommates had sort of fled the premises. But yeah. um and I had all this, st- but this stuff was just like weighing me down. And I knew that that was part of the le- like if you I mean here I am like, oh I, I want to change my life. I'm quitting my job. I'm doing all this, you know, purging. But like you you really need to let go of these things in your life to to make space for something else to come in and yeah. I, um, yeah, I kept, I kept a lot of books. I actually stocked like pretty much half of the rental with, with books that I either <laughs> read along the way or gave away. Um, because it's, uh, yeah, education is so important. And I knew that that yeah. was going to be something that was, you know, I wanted to hold onto was the, you know, my identity as a, as an instructor and, and, and a philosopher really, and, and trying to help other people, you know, think for themselves uh, but yeah, I mean, like my, you know, super fancy clothes, you know, got rid of those things, like things that I thought, you know, Oh, we're so, you know, you can imagine like high heel shoes, like I haven't worn a pair of <laughs> shoes in months. Um, and that was really healing actually in and of itself. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. When you go through, hmm. when you think about <clears throat> those first few days after having left the apartment, right? Like everything's been sold you're all set up to go camping. You're starting on this brand new journey. What was, or even first few days, first few hours, like what were those first few hours like in the car with you like this, this is it. Like this is that window, I'm taking the leak, I'm doing it right now. Um, What were those first few hours like and what was going through your mind?
1: Um, well, leading up to it, it was like complete and abject, like fear and panic. (laughs) And (laughs) as soon as I pulled out of the driveway of my parents' house, because I I went, you know, packed up the apartment, turned around Mm -hmm. in three hours, packed for the trip. And as soon as I left, I just was like, I felt like this giant weight, just like every step of like, you know, every mile of the way, just like fall off me. It was the first, it was really the first time in my life. I was like completely free and untethered. Um, and it was pure, pure joy, like, and just, and, but also fully cognizant of like, Oh my God, like I am so lucky to be doing this right now. And yeah.
0: Yeah. What a blessing to explore yourself. Because people don't take the time to step back and do that, like you said, everybody's racing and running, and what's the next title? What's the next achievement? But so little of it is yeah. actually just looking inside, which is the, probably the most important thing that we don't do enough of.
1: Yeah, no, a hundred percent. And um, yeah, I mean that that ended up being a big part too of why I left was just the like wanting to get out of that that system because things things were going really well for me at work at the time, and mm-hmm. you know people are like you know, you're crazy. Like people are, you know, like looking for a job right now. Why would you do this? And I just thought like, there's, there's more than just, than just that. I mean, I know granted to like, uh, again, I I really don't want to discount the fact that people are, are really struggling like right now, but it, I mean, for me in my situation, I just felt like if this is an opportunity, that's only going to present itself once in a while. Like, what am I going to say? Oh yeah, actually, I just wanted to, you know, rank up some dough while I was right you not know, home but yeah no but yeah that first god that first drive I was just laughing the whole way like just oh the so my good like, yeah <laughs> singing in the car and like you know I have my big like ridiculous John Lennon sunglasses that I immediately <laughs> like never wore again because <laughs> it's just like where are like what are these they were like one thing from the apartment that I was like yeah sure those belong on the road but
0: do yeah. you have do you have um Before we get into the rest of the trip, did you have music that kind of defined your journey? Like, was there anything that spoke to you personally that you found yourself listening to kind of like over and over again, or was it just a total mix of things?
1: It was, honestly, it was a total mix. A lot of Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. Which, oh God, there's, I can't even think about, like, (laughs) I can't even describe some of the songs because I will cry right now, (laughs) but um, I actually read a lot of audiobooks. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, I read, oh God, um, dying to be me about a woman who had a near-death experience. So it was, you know, I was like, oh, well, what better way to to speak to you at that moment. Yeah, Right now. Yeah. And, um, a book by James Baldwin called the fire next time, which was fantastic. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. Um, he was uh, like one of the more prominent civil rights leaders of the time. And yeah. in line with you know Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, and he you know talks about his you know exposure to those figures while he was you know going about you know his own work during the time, and it was just so profound and it was so well written, um, and it, it it gave me a lot to to chew on and to more to research for myself and my own sort of education of okay, I'm going to see the country, you know, I need to, mm-hmm. you know, what are all of our deep, dark, dirty secrets that I never wanted to, you know, they don't teach you in school, or maybe I just didn't want to even kind of look at. Um, yeah. And then, um, yeah, some other books that I just thought would be helpful for my teaching, like a uh, nonviolent communication by Marcel Rosenberg, which was great. Um, change your questions, change your life. Yeah. I can, I, I can send you a list. It's it was actually really, really That's
0: cool. That's awesome. That's a great way to use your time on the road. Cause you're learning and absorbing at the same time that you're taking in all these beautiful landscapes.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, eight to nine hours is, is a long time to be. And after a while, you know, you're just, you feel like you're listening to the same song at that point. So you're like, okay, I need like a book.
0: <laughs> what was your first destination?
1: Um, first destination was the great smoky mountains in Tennessee.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah. So Had you ever been there before or was it your first time there?
1: No, it was my first time and it was my first time camping alone.
0: Oh my gosh. That must've been kind of an incredible experience, but also were you nervous at all? Like once the sun went down and things were completely pitch dark.
1: Yeah, I was, I was so nervous, but then as soon as, you know, the sun went down that first Mm -hmm. night, I'm like, oh like I did it, (laughs) you know, like I just drove how far away. And I'm, you know, I set up my tent and like, you know, there's not a bear in my, you know, in my stuff right now, secure everything there. And yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was really fun. Like right from that first night, I was like, Oh yeah, I'll be fine.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. What was your, what was your favorite part about the camping experience?
1: Oh gosh. The sunrises and sunsets. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the moment is just like magical. Like every moment when you, you unzip the tent and you come out and you're like, ah, I'm in nature, you know? And the, I don't know, even, uh, oh goodness. Like the, the bumps in the night and wondering what is going <laughs> on out there, but, yeah. but also realizing like, you know, this isn't what you get, you know, you're sleeping in your apartment. It's very, you know, well, hopefully at least it's very quiet or, you know, mm-hmm. you see like the city going on, but there's like this whole other world out there that we're completely, um, separated from otherwise. And yeah, that was, yeah. Sunrise and sunset and just getting to know like the, the just cycles of, of nature and the cycles of the places that I was in, because, you know, it'd be sunrise or sunset at a different time, or, you know, the weather would do weird things for the the landscape, you know, in the morning you'd wake up and it'd either be you know, twenty five degrees. Oh my gosh! <laughs> at one point in Montana, where I was, or you know, like sweltering hot, and I'm in like the high desert in like Moab, Utah, and it. Oh God, yeah, no, that was so fun. Except for the one night there was like a huge storm, and I was like, my tent was just completely flattened on top of me. So I was like, well, <laughs> this is okay, I guess. Did w-
0: Did you stay in the tent at that point, or did you move to the car that night?
1: I just stayed in the tent. I was too tired. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh my goodness. Um we have I know when you sent me your list mm-hmm. and I want to share this because I just think it was really beautiful. Um when you sent me your list and you said, you know, one of the bullet points was encountering mystery and finding magic and that that really spoke to me and so I'd love to hear what you mean by that and what where were those encounters happening and what was that like?
1: Yeah, no, no, thank you. I um Well, it's, it's interesting, like the whole journey really along the way, whether it was like people I met or, you know, signs I saw, like even along the road, you know, it was just like, you know, like jump into the void and like trust the process. And it was, it was really, you know, what was so jarring to me in the beginning, like the loss of control, um, ended up being my salvation on the trip because it was when I wasn't in control and when I wasn't planning out each and every step was when the magic happened. So one was, um, uh, well, I I will say, um, anyone in like everyone, anyone who's listening to this, go to the civil rights museum at the Lorraine motel, um, in Tennessee, because that was one of the most, I mean, it was, it was very painful to, to go through and to see, you know, like the, the really sort of like more of the darkness of the history of the United States, but also just of triumph and the like the magic that these people these just individual americans made such a huge impact um and that was one thing that i i plan you know i didn't plan but i said you know if i'm you know if the if it calls to me i I really want to go and see this so that was Mm -hmm. um one thing but um a lot of oklahoma man i fell in love with oklahoma really about it yeah i um Something told me to just blow by Oklahoma and to just drive through, you know, like Texas into New Mexico and and off. But um, I stopped at a visitor center and the woman there sort of told me, like, here are all the things you can do in Oklahoma. And I I ended up going to Tulsa and I I went to um, actually where uh, Black uh, Black Wall Street, the um, oh, my goodness, uh, the Greenwood District. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I know. a lot of people may have found out what happened at you know black wall street and you know not absolutely yeah and and not necessarily to to harp on just like the you know incredible like the violence that happened there but to admire the um the enterprise of the people at the time who you know you think of it you know when i was thinking of it it's like one city block but it was actually spanned like 30 city blocks of black owned businesses and oh like my gosh. very very yeah like very very prosperous and, you know, full of energy and just like a really great uh, story of of how, you know, all these people came together and made this community. Um, And so I actually went there and stumbled into what I thought was an art museum, but it was a, a sneaker shop, a sneaker and apparel shop Oh, cool. Um, yeah. And the the woman there, you know, I just, I felt immediately like, oh my goodness, like I am, I am that white girl right now. But I was like, hey, like I'm like looking for, you know, I'm actually like interested in the history of the area. And she pulls me aside. It's a slow day and it's super hot. And she's just like, yeah, she gives me the whole history of, of oh, wow. know, and, um, and then also points out the fact that there are these plaques um, on the ground that show the businesses that were there that were destroyed and whether or not they rebuilt. Um, But she showed me that um, her business, uh, and and this is a black owned business, her, um, you know, she's a very prominent member of the community. i really, really admired this woman. Um, But there was, she didn't realize it when she got the plot of land to build um, her shop on, Mm -hmm. owned by a cobbler. Oh my God. Had never rebuilt. And it was like this, like. Oh, that's so symbolic. Yeah. Yeah. Like just like chills. Like she, and she had a picture of, I would love to send it to you a picture of his shop window and, and the advertisements that were there. And she. Oh my God. That's so nice. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it just was like magic. And her, her story is incredible too. I mean, she was a teacher for Teach for America for a decade. Um. So, she, yeah, she was a teacher for a decade helping, you know, uh, poor youth in um, like rural, I think it was like Mississippi mm-hmm. um, and decided, you know, I feel like the system, the education system itself needs a complete gut. But then I thought, you know, why don't I follow my passion project and open a sneaker shop? Um, and she actually is on, you know, and I'm thinking like, oh, my gosh, more people should know about this history. Like there, there's not even, you know, necessarily a museum there. And she just sighs and goes, yes, I'm, I'm actually on the committee. I'm, I'm working to actually build that for. Wow.
0: That's incredible.
1: And I just felt like, wow, like to put on, like you're a business owner, you're doing all this work for the community. You took time out of your day to like, tell me where to go around town. And, you know, tell me about the history of the area. And I just was like, and I I wasn't even, I was just planning to drive right through the state and something told me to go there. Um, yeah. So that's incredible. Yeah. Um, oh goodness. I will say, uh, there's just so much, uh, there's so much magic here, but, um, I will say, uh, Ashland, Oregon. So Mm -hmm. at the time when I was on the West coast was actually when, um, all of the, the California fires were getting really bad. This was like, maybe like beginning of September, um, like late August and um, I ended up landing in Ashland, Oregon, just completely by chance because I could not camp in California because they had shut down all the national parks because of, because of the fires and how rapidly they were spreading. Um, and you know, the night I get into Ashland, there's actually a fire that starts there. Oh my gosh. And it just, yeah. So I was like, oh my goodness. And I'm trying to make my way up to Portland. I end up, I can't make it up there because they actually had to close down the highway. And also the I mean, like at one point you're driving the highway, you can't see like 30 feet in front of you. But so I land in Ashland, Oregon, and I just meet I, I walk into this bookstore one day. I'm like walking around this park and I just like am called to this bookstore and I meet this, these two business owners that are just so wonderful and full of like magic. It was just like the most magical bookstore. It's called the Treehouse, Secret Treehouse bookstore. Oh, I love that name. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Oh my! It was every everything magical you can imagine was in the store, and, <laughs> um, and I'm thinking, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, at one point I'm like, you know, I need to stay outside. I want to limit my exposure. You know, mm-hmm. anytime I even thought I was within six feet of someone, I was like, okay, I need to be, you know. And I had two weeks worth of food in my car at any one time, just in case I needed to, like, in case I got sick, I was going to stay in the woods. But, but then I also thought, you know, like these business owners are really suffering right now, and uh, it was. So anyway, so I go into the store. These women are just fantastic. Um, and, you know, at one point they, it's my birthday, like the next day. And I, you know, mention it and they're like, oh, like, let's take out our magic wand and have you pick like something from our magic, you know, like pot. And I'm, oh God, it was just, I felt like I'd fallen. That's it was like, so cool. <laughs> it was adorable. Yeah. But, um, but so they had actually sort of pointed me in the direction of, you know, the community itself was really was really suffering because people were, um, you know, their houses were being burned down if they were in like more of the rural areas outside of, of Ashland and Ashland itself is a pretty small, um, small town. Mm -hmm. But when I tell you, I mean like the entire community basically closed down to help other members of the community while I was there. I mean, I, at one point, you know, it was my birthday. So I'm thinking like, oh, you know, like let me like see what's around town to eat. And um, you know, calling these businesses that were just like, Oh, you know, I'm I'm really sorry. Uh, but you know, we we actually closed down this week to make meals for the families that lost their homes. And I'm like, wow, what that's so what beautiful. That's yeah. That's incredible. And, you know, like the boutique owners, you know, because I'm just walking around town like trying to figure out, you know, like, hey, like, how can I help? And um you know, the boutique owners are like donating their excess inventory. You know, like they're not making any money off this. They're just like, oh no, like we need to help give these people clothing. And, you know, people are pointing me to this, this lodge um, that's like collecting donations. And I, you know, I go to sort of give like, you know like hand sanitizer and masks. But it was just this beautiful moment when I, you know I walk in and like at this point I I very much look like I'm homeless. Like I've been (laughs) been (laughs) camping for like a (laughs) month and a half. And, you know, these three people are just running around, like organizing things and they just come right over to me and they say, can I help you? Cause they didn't want to assume that I, you know, was homeless or something and needed help, but they also didn't want to, you know, uh, you know, discount assume that you didn't need help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And like discount, like, Oh, maybe this person could help. And, but the joy on their faces of being able to help was so beautiful, like, beautiful that you could just tell that you know everyone that was working there despite the you know like the incredible you know pain that the the community is going through like people are really like they're coming together and they're feeling like oh my gosh i have a purpose like i can help like i can do my part here and and then the people that are you know there to receive uh, you know, like whether it was like food or clothing or, you know, like baby diapers and things like that, they're just also, you know, they're all laughing and having a good time. And it, it was just such a human moment and a coming together for all of them. And I, I was just so amazed. Um, yeah. I just like, I went back in my car and just bawled my eyes out. It was, oh. yeah.
0: I feel like there's, um, a- kind of common thread in everything that you're saying that I think some people might be curious about, which is, I think in this day and age, we're more connected than ever, but in some ways we're not because it's so easy to leave a Facebook comment, but people are scared to go up to somebody they don't know in person and have a conversation. Um, And so I think that's also a testament to you because you're being open to the universe and going in and asking people questions and having conversations where some people might just kind of go into a business and leave and do whatever it is they were gonna do. Um, so I think it's definitely a testament to like how you welcome the world into your space. But I think for, for some people might wanna do that but they don't know how to get started. So like, how do you how do you get over that, that nervousness or that fear? Like you're in a new place, you're all alone, you want to learn more, but you're like, ah, I don't want to bother this person. Or maybe you're just too shy. Like, how do you get over that moment so that you can open up those amazing conversations?
1: Yeah. Oh no, that's a great question. I am um, honestly, I mean, it's, it's one part just kind of feeling people out like, oh, okay. Like, you know, like you kind of tell like, okay, this person is super busy or, you yeah. know, like, yeah, this person's just kind of, oh, you know, I'm standing at the desk or, you know, checking my watch outside. And yeah, just, I don't know. I think to, to get over that initial, um, you know, sort of perceived barrier between people, it's just to recognize like, we're, we're all human, human beings and everyone has, like, everyone has an incredible story. I don't care who you are. I don't care what it is you do, what, you know, where you've, you've come from or, or how, you know, seemingly little you've done. Like everyone has this story of like, And sometimes they don't even know it yet themselves, like personal triumph or, um, you know, greatness that they've witnessed or that they perceive in themselves that they can become. And to know that even to just kind of acknowledge them, to even just say like, hello, and it it doesn't go anywhere from there, you know, like that, that human connection is so essential because we're built to be with each other Mm -hmm. and, you know, especially too, like, we're all wearing masks, we're all, you know, covered up, like even to just make eye contact with people and say hello, you know, and to be, you know, not afraid to do that. Like, you know, because if I I have my mask on, you have yours on, like, we're, we're fine. But, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, but to remember that, that, you know, people just want to talk, they want to talk about themselves. And if it's just, you know, like, hey, how are you, you know, and, and leaving it, you know, leaving the space open, like also for you to sort of slow down and say, you know, like, okay, well, you know, if you want to keep talking, I'm, I'm still here, you know, cause it's, it's tough too. I mean, definitely seeing the differences from the East and West coast, you know, like mm-hmm. I go to a place like Idaho and have an hour long conversation with the person at the laundromat, you know, like, and, and that's something I really wish the East coast would do more or just people in general, just to like take, like to be, someone said it on my trip that, you know, you're precious enough for a pause. Oh, I love that. that yeah, That's a beautiful that people, quote. Yeah, that people are precious and to re- and even just to acknowledge them in those small ways. I mean, like that could really make someone's someone's day.
0: So you just brought up Idaho specifically. Where where there other parts of the country that you travel to that you're like, "Wow, this is so different than Boston, but I love it because of because it's different." Or like what other kind of regional differences did you see that kind of sparked some joy.
1: Yeah, I, um, well, oh my goodness. Well, first of all, being in the, in the Tetons in Wyoming was just the most spectacular beauty I've ever seen. And it was this really interesting coming together of, at least from my perspective of, you know, like wild, wild West meets (laughs) the entrepreneurial spirit meets also like very sacred native American culture. Absolutely. Um, and that the great equalizer between all of them was nature and, just the, the, the pace of life there was just, it had like a rhythm to it that I just loved that it wasn't, it wasn't too slow. It was always moving, but it wasn't so fast that you discounted each other. Um, and that, I mean, then that's, that's nature, right? Cause nature is always, you know, like the, a tree doesn't wake up or, you know, a plant <laughs> doesn't wake up and say like, Oh, you know, I'm tired. I don't want to, I don't want to grow today. But, um. <laughs> Right. But, but it's slow and it's measured and you see these giant trees that are like, you know, sometimes thousands years old. Oh my goodness. Sequoia, everyone go to Sequoia national park. That was incredible, but it starts so slowly. And it's, it's a testament too to people like we, we don't grow like sprouts, you know, like we're, we're all in a state of becoming like, and it, it's very, it's, and it should be slow and sustained so that we can you know, stand on a, on a root on some root in this, um, there, but, uh, yeah, other than that, um, Moab, Utah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. People there are fantastic. I, I ran into a group of, you know, people on the beach. Uh, a woman said, you know, Hey, me and my friends are over here. If you want to come talk to us. <laughs> <laughs> That's so nice. Yeah, I like just had like a 15, 20 minute conversation with these people. You know, they asked me about my trip. I told them, like, yeah, and I'm gonna be here on my birthday. And they're like, come back and we'll throw you a birthday party. <laughs> you know, in my mind, I'm like, oh my goodness, being around more than three people is like dressing you up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but I just was so heartened by that. There's like people were so open um in those places. And I someone once told me, you know, like the desert is a different place because there's, there's so much, um, wide open space, like the energy like flows through a different. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So yeah. And then, um, also too, just, just going through places of the country, like, like in, uh, I, I said how much I loved Oklahoma. Um, but like just seeing, and and also, I mean, like seeing where people's beliefs come from. I mean, when you're, when the only thing within 50 miles of your house is like a barbecue joint, an oil, you know, those, I, I don't even know what they're called, but they look like little ducks, like taken oh. out. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: like Beverly and, Hillbillies, the oil rig things that yeah, you see in the yeah. beginning of every episode. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. And, um, and like a church and, you know, I, I, don't mean to, you know, knock the church or anything like that, but, um, but you know, like when when you see that there's just this, like, you know, like there's there's not much exposure to other ways of life or other people, and it, like you can't help that. I mean, like no one can help you know where they where they were born, you know, mm-hmm. like, and or what kind of family you're born into. When maybe you know, like you know, you're three or four generations of people living in the same space, and you know, it just made for a really interesting conversation with people because, you know, they were like, wow, you know, wow, I can't even imagine like traveling farther than, you know, like the 10 miles away from me right now, or yeah. it, it made me so grateful, but it also just showed me, you know, how much of the United States is is still undiscovered by Americans. And I don't want to say undiscovered, but like just unexplored and un- underappreciated really.
0: Yeah. And I also feel like just like hearing you talk about it, like learning about other people from all over this country alone, because like this country is huge and and diverse, but then there's the world too, right? But when you enter somebody else's space and you, like you said, you learn about where they came from, where their beliefs came from. And it helps us, I feel like it helps us to grow empathy and understanding before judgment occurs. Because if you don't know why somebody feels the way that they feel, it's kind of hard to I mean, we do, we all do it. we a hundred percent. We all judge. Cause it's, I feel like it, that's also a natural thing, right? We see something we don't agree with and we're like, mm, I don't know about that. Um, but if you take a moment to understand the person and you share your story too, and you both learn and and there's some understanding and empathy that grows and that brings us together in beautiful ways.
1: Yeah, no, no. You said it perfectly that yeah, it's uh, that was another big, big theme, too, on the road was just the the judgment, because, you know, you go from state to state. And you don't know how people are handling the pandemic. It's like, oh, my God. Yeah. You know, New Mexico, it's like at the time it was like, if you're from out of state, like, get out. I'm like, oh, OK, of course. Correct. Oh, really? No.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Please don't pass our borders um, at the moment. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, in the meantime, I'm seeing, you know, like brochures dated, dated 2020. Like, come visit North Dakota. Like, come visit <laughs> the Dakotas. And I'm like, oh, is that real? Is that a misprint? And it's like, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> People are all, you know, headed there because they wanted to, you know, like. Walk. But but it was interesting because I, you know, I befriended at points, you know, like anti-maskers who are, you know, and I'm like, you know, granted, so different than you, I'm so different, yeah, and and background different, but you know, them sort of telling me, you know, the rationale and like for them, it, it's about you know, freedom, but then like me trying to kind of be like, but, but what does freedom really mean? And, and, Mm -hmm. you know, having these conversations, but, but being open to hearing, to even just hearing their opinion, because I think, you know, we, we often think, um, you know, like, Oh, if we shame people into doing things, they'll do it eventually. Or like, Oh, we need to make people feel really, you know, ashamed of that behavior, but it, um, I actually was started to read um Brené Brown's Power of Vulnerability oh. after I got back. Oh my goodness, beautiful book! And she she actually brought up and the book is is older. It's not you know it's not it wasn't published recently. It was like I think well I think like 2017 before the pandemic. Mm-hmm. And it talks about you know there was a case study where you know like that basically proved like you can't shame people into doing things for public health reasons. Um and in fact shame you know I mean you, it, all you have to do is turn on the news. You see like shame will cause people to d- either dig their heels in more into their beliefs or it, right. it, it, causes a lot of anger and this very unnecessary grief for all sides, because it's, you know, like you never want to make people feel ashamed because at the end of the day, like, uh, po- like politics and your, your beliefs, like, yes, they, they're a big part of who you are, but they're not the only part of who you are. And that right. we, are all still humans. And we all do deserve that same level of respect. Now that doesn't mean, you know, like people shouldn't suffer the consequences of things that they do that are, you know, maybe not excusable. Yeah. Right, Right. But to at least start to come to that, that understanding where like, you really don't know where anyone is coming from in any situation. And, you know, more so even than that, it's, it's about, you know, education, like making sure like people have the right information about what's happening around them. Absolutely. And yeah. And that they've, you know, and this is, I mean, there are no quick fixes to that. It's not like, yeah, education, everyone go get one, you know, like, and right. like our, our it's public so complicated, right. It's so complicated. And it's, you know, I think you and I were even talking before, um, before we started here, but it's, it's not just about teaching people what to think, but but how to think like to give someone an education means to care for them like the educ like that the root of the word is is of caring and it's to care enough for people that that they'll be able to make their own decisions based on truths that they uncover within themselves but not just you know the self that is like the fault. Oh goodness. I could, I could go off on a, a tangent now about like, you know, the, the real self, you know, the authentic self, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but if people aren't connected with that authentic self within them, like they're not going to be able to make those decisions that take into account other people or, you know, even their own best interest. Right. But it's a, It's a matter of education. It's like, how do you, I mean, really like teach people how to take care of I don't know, take care of themselves, but, but that's not, not the, not what I'm trying to say, but yeah, the crux of it is, is, you know, like to have a little bit more understanding um, with people, because again, yeah, you don't, you don't know where they're coming from.
0: Um, so you, you've you had this incredible journey and you've learned so much about other places and other people, and you've discovered um, not just, not just history and facts, but you've just, dis- discovered new personalities and characters along the way. Mm-hmm. Um I think my two big questions are like what surprised you about what you learned about yourself and when is the book coming out? Because oh, I feel like
1: this goodness. should be a book. <laughs> <laughs> You're so sweet. Well, um you know, I will say, okay, so there's there's one like sort of character I did I did want to talk about. Oh um, yeah, go for it. But it but this person helped me I mean like really understand myself so like things that I even just like things I took back with me was um you know to see the the greatness of of the American people and and individuals and the resilience of their spirit through all of this through the fires through the pandemic through I opened up my business three months ago what am I going to do like that is inspired my own sort of oh my gosh like I have I have parts of me that are still undiscovered that I can bring to the world that I I wouldn't have found, you know, sitting at my sitting at my desk or or, you know, not engaging in projects like you are, like with this podcast. I'm sure like this has been so healing for people and and probably also for yourself. Like I a hundred percent. I
0: like after every conversation, I'm like, how do I get to have these conversations? (laughs) And I almost feel a little guilty, like I'm so fulfilled by the process. at at the end of the day that I'll get off this call with you and like do a little dance around the house for a little bit, because, because I'm, it's just such a wonderful thing to hear other people's stories and to understand the joys that have come into their life. It's really wonderful, but it's a privilege too. Like you said.
1: Yeah, no. So it's yeah. Like discovering, because I think everyone needs to know that they have this like infinite potential inside of them. And things like this help them to recognize it. Things like my trip helped me to recognize it in myself and hopefully, hopefully help other people along the road. Um, but yeah, other things, I mean, just like this incredible sense of gratitude, you know, like, even like, you know, now taking a shower is like, Oh, the greatest luxury of the modern of the 21st century, um, uh, you know, food that I didn't have to eat out of a can, you know, things like that. Um, and just this appreciation for the fact that we really don't have control and that can, it can be painful and and scary, but it can also be a good thing because you really don't know. I mean, like we, we can't know what is on the other side of, you know, our pain, a crisis, uh, something that happens we haven't foreseen. Like there's, I think that there's always some kind of retribution on the other side of it, that it, it's trying, life is trying to help us evolve. And yeah, that was, um, yeah, that was one of my biggest takeaways. Oh, can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I did want to say, um, oh my goodness, the homeless community is one community. I in Idaho Falls, I met this group of people. I've never been so, well, so uh, talk about the human connection, you know, someone just like waves at me and this person is completely covered, like head to toe. Um, like you can only see a slit of their eyes, but they're very mm-hmm. kind eyes. And I'm like, well, stranger danger. But then I'm like, no, something's telling me to go over and talk to this person. So, so this, this young boy, he's actually 21 years old. He's homeless. Um, he's living in a pavilion in a, in a public park with two other people and, you know, we're talking and he's like, oh yeah, I'm working with a counselor. Oh great. Oh, what's your story? Oh, I'm living out of my car. So he's like, oh yeah, you're, you're one of us. Like you're, you know, and he says at one point, yeah, yeah, I'm working with this counselor, um, Angela. And I'm like, and like (laughs) my heart just stops. And I'm like, how did you know that? How did you know my name? (laughs) You know, like, I'm not putting the piece together. I'm like, how did you know my name was Angela? He's like, oh no, no, that's my counselor's name. (laughs) So at that point, like all the other homeless people are like, what is going on here? So whatever. So just learning about their life, like it it was very, the, the person I was with there, he said, you know, I'm actually very proud of the people in the homeless community because they share everything and they're so open and they care about the things that matter. And, yeah, it just, it was interesting. Cause at one point, you know, I'm asking them questions like, yeah, what's your life like out here? Like, where do you go when it rains? Like what? Yeah. Oh, just trying to understand. And you know, one of the women goes like, yeah, well, this is kind of like a family space over here. And I'm like, you know, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like I'm, I'm intruding. I didn't, and you know, I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And <laughs> she goes, oh no, no, you're one of us. You know, we literally just met like half an hour ago. She's like, "Yeah, yeah, you're one of us now.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I love yeah. hearing the word pride with that community too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's, and I was, you know, I never was one of those, like, oh, go get a job, you know, people, yeah. you know, when you yeah. see someone, but, but to see, you know, someone's like, oh, I got, you know, a pack of cigarettes, like, let's all share, you know, they shared it, you know, like, oh, I have, you know, like an extra, you know, and I'm asking them, like, Hey, do you need food? Do you need whatever? No, no. Like someone bought us lunch, you know, like we've been eating a lot actually, you know, and it's, it was just so funny to see them be so like open and, and generous. Yeah. And generous, you know, and they, and you know, by all means, it looks like they don't have much, but they're the most generous people I met on the road. Wow. Um, yeah. And it was, oh goodness. Oh God. It was just, it was, It was so nice. I've never been so wholeheartedly accepted by a group of people in my entire life. Like so quickly, so quickly. And, you know, I actually kept in touch with, um, with one of them because he actually, he did have a cell phone, um, that his family paid for. Like they, you know, whatever kicked him out, but they were like, we'll Mm -hmm. pay for your cell phone. And every day more than my own family texted me, hey, do you have a place to sleep tonight? Hey, did you get food? That's so nice. Yeah. And it just, it broke, like it, it broke my heart, but it also didn't because I'm, you know, these people were so, you know, in a lot of ways, self-sufficient in a way that some people aren't, even though they're Mm -hmm. homeless. And it was just, it was so interesting to see that. And, you know, even one of them saying, you know, like, I, I hate when people tell you go get a job because I want a job. Like I, I want to work right. which someone will hire. And it's, yeah. But then also to see them, you know, turn around and go, well, you know, that's just life. And they're, you know, content to, to hang out in the sun together and, you know, kill some time in the, in the park. And it felt like I found like a little, a little family on the road there.
0: That's such a great story for so many reasons, like on so many levels but I love the, the generosity and the, fa- the sense of family and the sense of pride in that family. And it doesn't sound like there's any shame that came with it. It's just like, no, this is what life is right now. And we're gonna help each other out and we'll get through it and we'll get through it together.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it. I mean, it, it definitely inspired me too to think about, you know, like, how do you help, you know, uh, uh, you know not just to, to say that that lifestyle isn't, you know, desirable for some, maybe it actually is, but, but to say, you know, like how hard it is to get out of a situation like that, but to also see, you know, that it's not, you know, maybe they, they got something right that, you know, all of us that have, you know, houses and apartments
0: and live in our separate worlds where we take care of our own, but nothing beyond that bubble, maybe.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Yeah. That the trip definitely helped me give back my you know agency in terms of you know like all of us have the choice to i mean granted again i it's tough cuz it's like traveling during the pandemic like all the you know things that i tried to you know i could control you know like as much as i could in terms of like not exposing someone and mm-hmm. you know it actually was kind of a miracle like i i went and got tested multiple times while i was out there and and you know i mean to the effectiveness of the tests i mean i didn't get it but but to know that, you know, you don't. At the end of the day, I didn't need to to do that to to discover that part of myself. But I also, I also actually think I I did. Like for me in my unique situation, it was what I needed to do. Um, and it helped me to love from a deeper place. I mean, I think I, I've told you that that poem that I love by Khalil Shabran of um. You know your your joy is your sorrow unmasked mm-hmm. and that your sorrow is is cleaning you out so that you can contain more joy really that it's the the empty space in the container that is what makes it useful um but meaning like you're that was so revolutionary to me just to think of you know like joy and sorrow as being on these two ends of the spectrum but but it, it's true I mean I I Lived in, I feel like I I saw more of the human heart, which made me more able to see it in myself. And, you know, I I take that now to every person that I talk to, like, you know, that we're all, you know, in this collective together, but we, you know, we all have a piece of that homeless community. we all have a piece of that, you know, business owner that's trying to make it or, you know, the person who's just had the rug pulled out from under them. Like, we are all those people. Yeah, we have to be, you know, but I mean, the, the problems that we're facing in the, in this country right now, aren't, you know, there aren't, there, they aren't, there are no quick fixes. Like this is, it's going to take time for us to, to unify again. But I think that, you know, if people are just willing to, to be a little bit more understanding and make space within themselves for others, that they, they can start to begin to think of what that new system might look like um, and to have us all come together and, if, you know, it really it's going to take, you know, two heads are better than one and think about, you know, all the other people we've <laughs> got together. Right. To think about how are we going to solve these these problems we're facing as a country. Um, but we can do it. Because, um, again, like all these stories of resilience, I mean, there there is a solution like solutions do exist. It's just right. whether or not we have the willpower to um, to put behind them. So
0: what about somebody who's listening to this podcast and thinking to themselves, like I felt that call, I feel the universe, I, or whatever it is, universe, God, the void, something is calling me and maybe it's a trip. Maybe it's quitting their job to start a business. Maybe it's just something, you know, very personal to them, Mm -hmm. but they're a little bit nervous about like, do I listen to the call? Do I run away from it? what would your advice be to yeah. people who are kind of hearing that voice and not sure where to go with it?
1: Yeah. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you my East coast answer and then my West coast <laughs> answer so okay. East Coast Sounds answer good. is always have a contingency plan. So, um, and this is actually more of like a, uh, like a stoic philosophy, like the stoics are having very much like a Renaissance right now, but, um, <laughs> The one of the core teachings that they espouse is actually, um, it it actually is, it's interesting because it became what is now known as like the serenity prayer. So like God grant me, uh, the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, um, the courage to things that I can and the wisdom to know the difference. So like, if you're thinking about doing that, okay, great. What can you control? okay, great. Like put in that contingency plan of like, okay, if it fails, like, what do I do with here? You know, what, you know, what do I know I can't control? Okay. Well, I will accept those things if they happen because I thought I didn't have a choice, you know, Mm -hmm. like you don't win anything by, by never wanting to fail. Um, but then my West coast answer is, (laughs) um, if you, if it is truly within your heart, if you know, if there is a deep knowing and it's, and it's, it's different for everyone. No one can tell you, yeah, it's a good time. It's a bad time, whatever. Sometimes it's, it even behooves you not to ask. Um, if you're in touch with that voice and it's saying, go jump into the void, jump into mystery because mystery will, will catch you back. If you're in the right place, if that's the thing you need to do, it will happen for you. Um, and even if it fails, maybe that failure is one step in the journey to the ultimate goal you want to get to, but you needed to fail first in order to get to that next place. Um, yeah, I love that.
0: That's so perfect. And, and I think for anybody who's listening, if you can take those two pieces of advice and also Angela, what you said earlier on, which is like every single one of you who's listening is, is precious enough to pause for Like you're worth it. And you're worth taking the a step back, and I think right now, with the way things are in general, with the pandemic and all of the other crazy things happening in the country. Um, and we've talked about this on, on a previous episode, but mental health is so important. Um, and if you feel alone, you're definitely not alone and you're totally worth it. So I feel like this whole journey proves that on so many levels. Um, so I've learned so much from talking to you, and you know this because, but like, every time I talk to you, I'm so filled with wisdom and joy <laughs> and it's just so nice. So thank you for this awesome podcast. Thank you for being here and sharing your story. Um, and I really do hope it becomes a book because I want, I want to read it.
1: <laughs> well, Kara, thank you so much because honest, I mean, it's yeah. Processing all this has been a lot, but even just having, I mean, allowing me to tell my story here is just really helped. So thank you.
0: Thank you so much for spending your time with Angela and I today, and thanks to Angela for telling us about her incredible cross-country journey. The wisdom and discoveries that she shared I hoped sparked joy into your heart and inspired you to help share joy with others that you meet along the way. Special thanks to Alana Thayer, who designed and created the branding for Joy is True Beauty, and to Mark Duren, the talented musician who composed the music you hear in every episode. I'm so grateful to both Alana and Mark for their friendship and for sharing their talents that truly help make this podcast what it is. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family and subscribe on the streaming platform of your choice so you don't miss any future episodes. I would also be so appreciative if you'd go to iTunes and leave a review if you like the podcast. Head over to the website, joyistruebeauty.com for more content on joy and to subscribe to our email list to receive updates on the newest episodes and new content as we move forward. Be sure to follow along on Facebook and Instagram and join the Facebook group, The Joy Cafe, to be part of a kind and joyful community. Now it's your turn to go spread some joy. So in this episode, Angela talks a lot about talking to people and just sharing a smile, Asking people how they are and really meaning it. It doesn't necessarily have to be a stranger. I know it's difficult in the current environment, especially with the global pandemic. But I want to challenge you next time you talk to somebody in a meeting or perhaps next time you talk to a friend or a family member on Zoom to not just exchange pleasantries, but really look that individual in the eye. Give them a big smile and ask them really how they're doing. And then just be there to listen. You have no idea how much joy and connection that brings. In a very disconnected world right now, we all need that. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And I can't wait for the next episode when we can talk again. Until then, wishing you great joy.